Hello everybody and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. My name is Paul. I'm coming to you high atop the beautiful Brooklyn studios here in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it, is a, um, it is a tempered night here in, uh, here in the city. Uh, it is dark out, in case you were wondering, but that's not what's important. I'll tell you what's important. The fact that I have with me tonight the one, the only, possibly the greatest co-host in the universe, Captain Dr. Royal Superman, Dr. John. How are you doing? I'm here, and I'm excited because we got a great episode to get with. Is that right? That's right. In uh, fact, this is Man with a Plan. Oh, Okay, Which, I think you stepped on me there, pal, because I usually am the man with the plan, and I was hoping to uh, say the title of the show, so thanks a lot. Well, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> That's right, folks. Uh, the episode is Man with the Plan. You are listening to the Mad Men Recap, and that is what we will be doing. We'll be recapping uh, this week's episode, John. Um, I, just give me your top line. What'd you think? I mean, Don Draper, Creepy. Yeah, Ted Shaw flying high. I love this Ted Shaw guy. I don't. I don't know what to. I don't even know what to do about it. Uh, I, I want to hang out with him. I want to party with him. I appreciate what a good worker he is. Uh, I like him. Don, on the other hand, uh, creeping me out, uh, being being uh, kind of weird and boring. Essentially, I don't understand this. Hey, stay in bed until I get back, kind of thing. That's stupid. It's not even sexy, John. It's just gross. It's just stupid. You got. Sorry. That's all right. That's good. We. This is a free association. You know. It. it you know. Sometimes, John. Um, I do this thing where I get upset, right, uh, irrationally, um, and, about a TV show uh, that is uh, fiction uh, and really has no bearing on my life. Uh, but I think it does help for me to get it out. Um, so thank you for giving me that venue. Very therapeutic. Very cathartic. Up on my soapbox. Hold on. I'm going to get down. There we go. I feel better now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, should, should we, should we jump into the show? Do you have anything to say at the top of the show, John? I know people really miss, uh, our, uh, our banter. I don't know if that's true. I've but... gotten several emails. It's funny. I don't know how they did it, but they got straight to me and they said, Hey Paul, would you, would you take the first five minutes to just banter with John? You know, just shoot the shit. Just, you know, toss it back and forth. I'm going to toss it over the fence to you, pal. How are you funny. feeling? That's funny. Cause I, I've seen all the emails and none of them said that. You didn't see, you didn't see those emails? <laughs> Because I, I like I read them. Um, oh, I didn't, that's I didn't just the, see the title and then infer what was following. That's probably the difference. That's but you know, the I, you know what I know people do miss is, uh, or at least not miss, but really crave is mm. they they're tuning in for education, and oh. they want to know what what did you learn? Oh, right. Hold on, let me pull that up. Click, <laughs> uh, John. Uh, it turns out I learned three things. Uh, <clears throat> would you like to hear uh, any or all? Let's start at the top. Okay, should should we say who sent these in to us? Please. Uh, was it Ellen? Yes. Ellen, thanks a lot, pal. Because I tell you what, I just didn't have it in me this week. So uh, <laughs> these are these are two things Ellen learned, and then one stupid thing I learned. Um, I will mix them up uh, so you can try to figure out who was who. <clears throat> <clears throat> Number one, Sylvia. Can Sylvia? It's Sylvia. Sylvia. That, that's what you learned. Hold on. Back off, me, pal. Sylvia can handle a lot, but don't take away her reading material. Hell hath no fury, like a woman bored. I'm sorry, but that just seemed extra dick. (laughs) (laughs) He would do that. Sure did. I mean, he was going to be gone for a day? I mean, come on. What am I supposed to do, John? Stare at the walls? 
Apparently, apparently, I think there. Not I, I think there was there was a TV in that room though, so I could watch Merv Griffin. <laughs> there you go. Number two. All right. Number, number two. Number two. Coming up. Ted Cha doesn't just read poetry and run groovy rap sessions. This dude has his own effing plane. I didn't see that coming. I did learn that, John. I did not know he was a pilot of the skies. Uh, but it turns out he is. And, uh, he, you know, he understands that when it's stormy out, you just fly up above those gray clouds, which uh, Don cannot do. No, not did you, yet. Did you like how that was kind of a metaphor for Don's life as well? Uh, little stretch, but that, yeah, that's good. Not a stretch at all. I think I'm getting too, I'm getting too much ice music here. Number three. <laughs> Turns out Peggy is the new coffee writer. <laughs> Delicious. Nothing like a little humor at the ad room. Uh, now, if she's the new coffee writer, do you think she, uh, do you think she takes any cream or do you think she's just straight black coffee? Why don't we get started? Fair enough, John. Uh, so we do, we jump into the episode here, into Man with a Plan, and we, we hear anything but that. We see Don on the elevator, heading down, we're on Sylvia's floor, and we hear we hear a row. We hear some fighting, we hear some loud words exchanged, and to be honest, when I watched this the first time, I couldn't tell if this was a different woman yelling at Arnold. No, 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 this but is no. Sylvia in fact, John, and this man, is, is she mad. She is. She yeah. she's screaming at him. In fact, I don't think we hear Arnold's voice the whole argument. I think you just hear him say like one thing. And John, I do know at the end of the argument, it did sound as if she tossed a full piggy bank at him. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that either. Don't forget to take some money. And then it sounds like she throws a she throws a, like a, a bunch of change at him. Well, and, and you know, we knew that that was an issue right from an earlier episode when she was asking for money, and he's like, oh, "Okay, I got to get it later." Um, so there was something there. Apparently, he's still bummed out about the whole heart transplant thing. Now, John, you you would know better than I, but do heart doctors or cardiologists for the layperson uh, <laughs> have? Do they usually have money problems? Not typically. Not typically, Doctor Phil. Shout out, uh, John. We then find ourselves uh, at the first day of school. That's right. We got a new crew coming in. It looks like. The CGC office is going to simply move in, take up residence at the current Sterling Cooper Draper Price. And Peggy's walking in into her old digs. John, this is, I don't know if you noticed, but this is an effing mess. Am I right? Well, what do you mean? I mean, I'll tell you what I mean. You got file cabinets going everywhere. You've got those weird wooden paper boxes. Everybody's carrying around. No one knows where they're going, where their office is, if they're getting fired, if they're not getting fired. It is a disaster. It makes you wonder if this is like, you know, Monday. You know what I mean? Like this is just, this is day one. Everybody's just showing up. You, I'm surprised that like this would run this way. You know? What do you mean? What, what do you mean? Well, I guess, yeah, clearly not something I've ever been part of. But you think there would have been, you know, some legwork done by movers. Um, getting some of this stuff set up instead of just everybody showing up. Good, good call, good call, and good point, John. Um, when Shaw and uh, and Peggy get there, they turn into the uh, writers' room office, and we see Ginsburg um, and the crew. Uh, John, I don't know if you can if you can see this, but if you go to minute two and twenty four seconds, you'll see Stan holding a Sterling Cooper Draper Price mug. Yes, and, and folks, um, I know a lot of the staff. Uh, a lot of the crew and a lot of the uh, cast listen to our show. 
If someone could swipe one of those mugs and send it my way. Well, now, aren't you just, aren't you incredibly close personal? Aren't you a godfather for one of Abe's kids? Have I mentioned that I know Abe? Have I mentioned this? <laughs> no, that, that is a nice little touch, though. The, John, here's the, the thing. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I mentioned it to him. I called him up today. I said, bro. Because that's what, you know, that's what we call each other. I don't call, obviously, I don't call him by his character. I said, bro, could you get me one of those sweet SCDP mugs? And? And he's like, he called me bro back. He says, bro. <laughs> he says, bro, I don't work in the office set. He works in the in the shitty house set. Oh, that's right. So there's the no, there's so all we can hope for, uh, John, is that my best buddy, Abe, or yeah. bro, bro um, that Peggy takes one of those mugs back to that set. You know what I mean? Like after she works oh, there for a while, right? Then he gets his hands then, on it, and then he can just he can just snag it. He can gank it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, Shaw comes down. We get to see his personal assistant, the um, uh, brunette woman Moira, who uh, is uh, trying to get her, her her grubby little hands on Jones' notes. A real um, bee, John. A real what? A real bee. A real bee. A real bee. We don't uh, curse on this show. Joan, Joan seems to be calm, directing traffic, and uh, you know says, "Look here, just take the stuff. We'll take care of Peggy." And this was right. I think everybody enjoyed this scene, the Joan Peg- Pegasus mm-hmm. interaction. We haven't seen this in what forever. We haven't, John. If I could step back just a moment, though, please. Um, I think one of the tweets somebody said, "Man, I wish there was somebody that Paul could call douche all the time." Well, folks, I think we're in luck. I don't know this little douche's name. But the, uh, the, uh, the little guy that uh, 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 Joan is directing to uh, an office. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know my name, but I don't know yours. And Joan doesn't even bother responding to that. Right. That, my friend, is a new Kinsey-type douche. But to be You're honest, welcome. I mean, don't you think this guy is uh, not long for this project? I mean, that, that strikes me as kind of a one-line and you're kind of done in our show type of thing. I don't know, man. He's been there a while. He has. We've seen him a couple times before, and he's still in the meeting later on. That's right. As part of creative. But anyways, we see uh, Peggy Joan. Uh, we see, you know, as you alluded to in what you've learned, the, uh, you know, little uh, cop coffee chief. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, she doesn't have to share the office this time with anybody or with a copy machine. She so does say nice. that she hopes she keeps her uh, secretary, though. Right. Yeah. Right. Phyllis. Phyllis. Um, and we do see Joan struggling with a little bit of uh, lower abdominal pelvic pain, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, John, grabs, did you yep. did you know this was going to be an assist? As a doctor, I figured that you would be able to diagnose this. Just, I mean, did she act it well enough that you knew what it was? Well, she she definitely acted well. That you know, unfortunately, any uh, any one symptom can be explained by a good dozen different diagnoses. So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta put in the work. This is why you need to see your uh, doctor mm-hmm. to look into these things. But sure. yes, uh, you know she acted exactly the way uh, you'd expect for that kind of problem. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. I didn't. So that'll make you throw up. Well, when it ruptures. Oh God. Yeah. We think we had a rupture then. Probably. Oh, will that kill you? No, not 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 typically, but it it can lead you to feeling that that badly. Um. 
it's because no uh, most 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 women get uh, get those at some point. Actually, you always get one um, when you cycle, but usually they're incredibly small and, and not into problems. Sometimes they can get bigger and very painful, and mm-hmm. sometimes they can actually break open and rupture and oh cause my. a lot of that type of stuff. But gross, John. Uh, yeah, that have I mentioned yeah. gross? Gross. But, it's a family show. We and we're keeping it right around there. Okay. Uh, but I did want to ask you a little bit about what what's the deal with no dawn, not what's dawn, the but dawn. Deal? Now, John, somebody brought this up again in the tweets. They said there's no dawn, but, and in case I'm stupid, later because I might be wrong here, but later in the episode, when Peggy goes to see if Don's there, right, she says, "I talked to Dawn." Right. And like any good secretary, she didn't tell me anything. Now, was that just a was that just kind of a joke that she wasn't there? No, I think or she really she talked there? to her. Like we're just not we're not seeing her for some reason. Okay, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what's happening. It. I'm confused by this. Anyway, she's not there when Don shows up, and he goes in to meet with the partners, and we see uh, we see Bert Cooper reading a very rousing memo to the employees about this wonderful merger and the recent Clio award by CGC, and, uh, and then he doesn't have an end. It was it was pretty funny. A little bit of a long winded uh, <clears throat> a long winded speech, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think this is what you'd expect from the the elder partner, elder statesman of yeah. the of the show, right. as it were. Right. Uh, Don comes into the meeting uh, after, uh, or kind of as he reads his uh, his note, and then uh, Pete comes in and says that his secretary was uh, was MIA essentially. He did not know about the meeting, but now he's there, and he needs a seat, John. Yeah, there's no seats at the table. Now, great out. Now, granted, we have. I'm not really sure what Moira's doing there, to be honest. Right? She's I, Ted's personal secretary. Everybody else is a partner except for Meredith, who is the Minutes woman. So why she's there, I, I don't know. I think it may be just to illustrate um, about just how unorganized and chaotic it all is. You know, like probably if they sat down and reasoned that out, Moira wouldn't be there. But it's this kind of thing. It's just like, oh, I'm going to bring more. Like, Chaw doesn't know really what this meeting's about. So maybe he's used to bringing his secretary into meetings. You know what I mean? I think it just illustrates the chaos. Maybe. I mean, you because know, I mean, Joan jo is a partner. You know, she's not there as a secretary type. No. Um, yeah, but Moira's there. So, I mean, it could be that. You're right. It could just be how he does things. But, uh, of course, he takes this uh, opportunity to uh, really make Pete look pretty wormy. Like a dick. Um, you know, because uh, uh, Moira gets up and then instantly Chaw goes, hey, here you go. And hops on the table, like the uh, the eager young man that he is, talking about uh, you know what's going on. And they bring up some good news that they have a new call, new business. Fleischman's Margarine wants to be the first Don and Ted love child of the creative world. Now, John, do you remember when we were kids? People were still eating margarine. The bottom I, had not fallen out of the margarine market yet. It had not. No. In would you the say early eighties people would, were still down in margarine like crazy? Would you say it's fallen out now? Oh my God! Does anybody eat margarine anymore? I don't think so. I think they're all spreads. Isn't that margarine? Uh, well, different. You know, like the whole I can't believe it's not butter. Can't believe it's not butter is still is still. Uh, man, weren't those commercials great? Yeah, and the, par- those? the parquet. Oh, with the little it would say parquet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh man, those were good too. I hope they come up with that. But I did not know. I found in the research that Fleischmann is actually a, a German last name. That means butter. Get out of here. Yeah. 
However, margarine is not butter, as we know. What is margarine, John? Uh, margarine is a is a made up of plant oils. Oh, is that right? Yes. It does seem like that would be healthier for you, doesn't it? Uh, it does, but it, again, I think a lot of it is, in fact, the taste. I don't mind margarine. Uh, but you don't like it either. Good point. Moving on. Anyways, uh, so then it, get, it gets a little testy. They start bringing up other business and how, you know, they, they're going to... Excuse me. They're going to talk about the, um, the the throughway there in New York and how that could be a possible conflict with um, the the jets and the Mohawk Air. And then you know the Cutler yells at Pete for losing his father-in-law's business, and they yell at uh, Cutler for taking the uh, the throughway money before they talk with Mohawk. Uh, so a little back and forth. And, hey man, it's all growing pains of mergers, right? Yeah. It's the chaos of combining two companies. And and uh, Don's like, look, I know uh, Mr. Lamont with Mohawk. We go way back. Uh, we can smooth this over. It's not really a conflict that's kind of absurd. And we'll head up there. And all of a sudden, we find out, hey, Pete's got or Charles got a plane, which is awesome. Which is awesome. of course he does. And uh, you think he just keeps that at LaGuardia or? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. Well, and, um, and so they say, fine, and it will be Chaw, Don, and Pete. Pete then gets called out urgently and runs out of the room. We find out to talk with his mom. But as he does, you know, Chaw grabs the seat, you know, leans in, and gives, uh, you know, this, this charming little smirk to Meredith. And, and Don, you know, I think Don's visibly threatened here. You got a, well, you got a guy with Don's a plane. Pretty- yeah, Don's pretty threatened once he finds out that uh, Chaw has a plane and he can fly it. What can Don do besides trap a woman in a hotel room and be weird about it? Yeah, yeah, that's... He's like a murderer. Is, he, is this all going to end with him being like a serial killer? I don't think it's going to go that way. <laughs> it may not be real uplifting, but I don't think it's going to go that way. Good God. But, um, but anyway, so we, we see Pete Gates called away. And his mother is at his apartment, and she's demented. <laughs> Sorry, it's just kind of the way you said that. Uh, she is. Uh, she seems to have some, uh, some, some issues. She doesn't know where she's at. She thinks that Peter's father is still alive. Um, she thinks that she has found his um, bungalow, or his bungalow of, um, I don't know, the, the, the sexual dungeon. Which I, which I have no idea how that happened. How she found this address anywhere kind of blows my mind. Well, I'm, yeah, that's true. How would have that happened? Maybe Pete gave it to her as like an emergency contact number. I don't know. Well, she said she found the address in woman's handwriting on the dresser. Yeah, but that could have been her handwriting. Oh, good point. You know what I mean? Good point. I hadn't even yeah. thought of that. You're welcome. But nicely That's done. why we do the show, John. That's why we do this show. It's a little give, a lot of take on your part. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a little give on my <laughs> tiny little bit of give. The tiniest. But yeah, so uh, so she's uh so she's over there. It looks like what the super is helping out. Hell of a nice uh, guy. Really nice. My super. Yeah. My super my super will literally do nothing except like fix stuff. Like one time I was like, "Hey, I got some packages." No way, man. No way. <laughs> Not let alone come up and help someone in my apartment. That's insane. Great guy, Tony. What is his name? Pete. I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, anyway, so yeah, Billy. 
Um, Bill. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He's he's helping out. Uh, but you know, I think we, you know, we do see that Pete's not completely just saying, well, you know, take you know, put her in a cab and give him twenty bucks. You know, he's he's trying something. Barely, John. Barely. This is funny. So John and I talked for a moment in, uh, at the top of the show with, uh, you know, that like Pete was trying to take care of her, I, in the like in the meanest way possible. John. Right. I don't think he's he's you see what like he's terrible. He is frantic. He is crazy. He is. I just don't even understand this. Well, I don't. Do you, but I think there's like a, there's a level darker to go that he's not quite there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. You know, I wasn't gonna say it but Wait, you know are you talking about murder no no i was i was oh, more along sorry. the lines of uh, chauncey just putting her outside the office and pretty much god i wonder whatever happened to duck you think he's dead the, yeah well no but he doesn't have much of a liver left speaking of whatever happened to duck john uh in the next scene <laughs> We see, uh, we see an old friend from the past. I didn't even recognize... Now, this guy's been on a couple of shows this season. I didn't even recognize him until this scene where he was in the suit and back at Sterling Cooper. Really? What's this turd's name? This, this is Bert. Bert Peterson. Bert, Bert Peterson's going to get fired again. I literally said when I saw him, oh my God, they fired him before. I bet they're going to fire him again. You said that? And they, yeah, and they do. That was amazing. That was probably my favorite part of the show. Everybody hates this guy. Don is just like, gosh, shit. Bert Peterson's back. I'm, folks, can I apologize for how much I'm shaking the ice tonight? I'm sorry. Um, Bert Peterson's back. I don't know what to do with him. Uh, in the middle, of, in the middle of this uh, of this lovely reunion, we get a telephone call, John, and it's from Sylvia, and she says, uh, "I need you, and nothing else will do." Yeah, what what was I mean? I guess we he knows about the fight. He does well, and that's why I think so. The fight sets up why he's I think able to believe he can do what he does in this episode, right? He knows she's in a vulnerable place. She's in a weird place, let's say, right? So I think he knows he can take advantage of this. He knows that now he's got her in a spot. And that's why he goes into this weird kind of sexual dungeon type thing, uh, which, uh, folks, I'm going to say, uh, we do not give the Mad Men recap seal of approval to this kind of behavior, do we, John? Have, have we ever seen the seal of approval? If anybody would no, like we... to make the Mad Men recap <laughs> be... seal of approval so that we could fair. place it on something. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, we've never approved anything, but I'll tell you what, we sure wouldn't approve this. <laughs> I, I agree. It's uh, he, you're right though. He, he really kind of gets that, um, that dark you know, look on his uh, face that, you know, he's finally, this is something that Pete can't, uh, take away that Chaw can't take away. This is his thing. Oh, you think this is, this is him, uh, reacting to the loss of power at work? I think that's a big part of it. Oh, that's interesting, John. Well done. Oh, thank you. Uh, so uh, she says, come over. He says, go get a room and call me with the number. Uh, what was it, the Waldorf? Where was no, it? No, no, I was wondering if you had been to this place because I looked it up and it sounded really, really um, very nice. It's the Sherry Netherland on uh, East 59th and 5th. And it's, a, uh, I mean, at least from the images on online, a beautiful uh, building. I was going to say, it looked like kind of a dump. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Like the rooms look like oh, kind of oh, a dump. The room on the set, right? the set room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The set room looked like kind of a dump. Yeah, and then at least as of now, there's only a handful of actual hotel rooms. Like most of these are condos. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but again, as far as the uh, the 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 outside appearance out there, and that's not. Oh, I do know this place. I've walked past this place a million times, uh, folks. Uh, you should just type this into the Google Maps and do a street view. Um, no, I always thought this was apartments. I wonder if this is a uh, like I thought this was a super rich people's apartments, but that's a pretty big building. I do know that building. It's across from the plaza uh, here. It's Kitty Corner to the plaza here in New York, um, right next to the uh, Fifth Avenue Apple Store. If you need oh. a place yourself, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, anyway, so that's that's where they're going, and um, and then the next scene I think may have been one of the most entertaining scenes I've seen in a long time. <laughs> on the show was the second firing of uh, of Burt Peterson by Roger. And actually, Roger didn't fire him the first time. Roger was actually late to that meeting. Oh, who fired him the first time? Lane. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought, you know, I thought he got fired in the first season. No, no, Burt Bert got fired uh, when, when Lane came on. I did not realize that. Yeah. When like oh was he part of the whole um, yeah yeah when PPL took over and they decided to yeah. change things around so yeah he he got fired at that time and um, so he came in and you know Don Burton Lane were all there and then Roger came in like right after the news had been dropped so this time Roger gets to drop it and boy does he I don't like this guy either no he does not I mean he's never come across in any way that's been you know valuable. Doesn't well, and even when he even when he comes in this meeting, he's like, "Don't think I've forgotten anything." And I'm like, "What are you doing, man?" Yeah, who starts off a new venture like that? Yeah, like, would you come in and be like, you know, I know, you know, things ended badly last time, but you know, I definitely want to, you know, let's let's try to get past that. No, Bert Peterson is a giant douchebag, and now he's gone again. That must have been hilarious. This actor must have thought that was hilarious, right? So he thinks he's done with Mad Men, and then they call him back, and then finds out that he gets fired again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Anyway, uh, it was quite an exchange. Roger seemed to very much enjoy it. And um, it turns out um, Bob Benson was going to report to this guy, and this guy says uh, the first order of business is to stick your heads through your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. Uh, Bob Benson doesn't quite know what to do with this information, but he still seems like folks. I I I've seen on the Twitter apparently some folks don't think that Bob Benson is cool and they don't like him and they think maybe he's a little creepy. I'm gonna I don't know if I've said this before. I've said it ever in other episodes, but I'm a Bob Benson fan. You've said that I love this. But guy. I've to, I've told you in other episodes he comes across as just a little bit on the the you know a little slimy. I don't think he comes across slimy at all. Maybe it's because I come across just a little slimy myself uh, in a different way. <laughs> oh, dear. What? <laughs> uh, but I think he's, I think he's, he seems, I, for some reason, I think he seems kind of genuine. And I know no one agrees with me on that. You think, but he's somehow, you think he's so genuine that no one recognizes it? I think he's one of those people that is just so genuine, it seems disingenuous. 
Well, and I think you know what I mean. I do think he goes uh, some way to backing up that view in this episode, and we'll get to that in a minute. But right now, I do have to think there's got to be a little bit of anxiety with Bob. You know, if the guy he mm. was assigned to report to is gone, <laughs> then he has no value. So, you know, good call. So what, what is he going to be doing? And uh, we'll get back to Bob in a little bit. But now we get we get, if you were going to call. Pete's plays the uh, the apartment. I think where that uh, sadness goes to die. Uh, yeah. What would we call this? No, no, apart- no. It's where sadness goes to kill, to kill itself. <laughs> kill, kill itself. Yeah. So what? what how would you uh, label five hundred three? Uh, the the room here. I think I label it an effing dump, John. I don't know why this looks so bad. I I think in the I think in this first scene, it's just because it's really poorly lit. Yeah. And everything just looks dirty. Yeah. But it could just be the color of the walls and the chair. But I don't know. Everything just looks kind of filthy. But maybe, John. Yeah. It's because what's going in, on inside that room is dirty. It, it's dirty and filthy. Am I right or am You're I right? right. And, and what Don says is he goes, you say what you told me. And she says, oh, I need you. I mean, you know, this is this is Don wanting to, needing to feel important, needing to feel needed. Um, I think what you're missing there, though, I need you and nothing else will do. Yes. I'm just I don't know I I don't mean to point out things that don't that don't have meaning but I think that does. <laughs> well, and again we you know we're we're seeing kind of a changing of the guard because we go to the office and here's a meeting Don's supposed to be at, and he's not. And Shaw's like, well, let's go. And I mean we've seen many examples in the past where the staff is just waiting. You know things don't mm-hmm. things don't start without Don, and and now it does. And so we uh, we do a little bit of a free association um, about margarine. That, now I think we can just skip to the, the impressive part here. Somehow Peggy knows why margarine became uh, useful. Well, yeah. So Peggy says that it was invented by uh, Napoleon the Third for the armies of France because it didn't spoil. Uh, mm-hmm. Our friends at Wikipedia maybe not so much agree with her. Oh, they tend to disagree. They tend yeah. to. Now, don't get me wrong. Napoleon the Third did make it a competition. Saying, "Hey, we'd love to have something that doesn't spoil for the armies," but uh, mm-hmm. the actual invention then didn't happen for another couple decades. So, I mean, yeah. he might have—he might have spurned it on. Let's not. Uh, okay. You know, let's let's not just take away all of her thunder. Sure. Hey, you know what? He lit that fire. That's that's right. But it didn't actually that's catch right. fire until the late seventies. I did think it was Sorry. great though the way Ginsburg took the Free Association. You know, it's uh, greasy, crappy. Nobody likes it. <laughs> People hate Cheap. it, and uh, and and Char goes. Wait a second. And he said, "You you know, you said there were no wrong answers. No, I didn't say that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed we missed one of my favorite parts when uh, when when they first when uh, you know uh, Char's being introduced to uh, Ginsburg and Ginsburg's like, "Oh, I saw you uh, last week taking a tour. Uh, you look like much taller then, but I see you're just my height now." <laughs> I love how Ginsburg like. Never says the right thing. No, they they give him great lines, and and this guy this guy delivers it really really well. Oh yeah, the guy who plays Ginsburg is great. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He does a great job. Um, but so the brainstorm kind of happens. It seems uh, it seems a little goofy. Um, and speaking of goofy, John, uh, we get back to the uh, to the hotel with uh, Don and Sylvia, and um, she's complaining about. Her home situation, her husband and her son. Her son's in 
France, France, apparently, where they France, and and I did not realize. Maybe you can give me a little history here, John. Did all was all of France on fire at one point? Well, they were they, they, at this point in time here in uh, in June of 1968. There was a big protest as uh, Prime Minister Pompidou had been reinstated against the wishes of the majority of the people, and that didn't now, that folks, didn't last. He was uh, subsequently taken back out. So, folks, uh, any longtime listener will know that um, the Mad Men recap. Uh, uh, has no patience for France, um, <laughs> as it were. And if France was on fire as a country, I think the Mad Men seal of approval that says "Let it burn" would be placed. <laughs> You'd be looking for the marshmallows. I would I'd be. I'd be looking for a stick to make some s'mores. But um, uh, yeah, th- so this is where it goes from you know a dalliance of Don to just weird, right? It does indeed. Uh, go find my shoes on your hands and knees. Now, Sylvia, not so much into that. Uh, she says your shoes are right over well, there. And, she and we know from a previous episode, Sylvia's got a trick knee. Oh, does yeah. she? Well, John, who doesn't, though? I, I mean, by the time you're in your 40s, trick knees are pretty much just handed out at the supermarket, am I right? <laughs> oh, well done. But she does go get the uh, the shoes, brings them over. He 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 somehow uh, uh, Jedi minds her into putting them on her his feet, and um, and then and then just asks her to take her clothes back off, hop back in bed, and just kind of hang out for the next five hours. Well, I feel like this is where Sylvie starts to get uh, Sylvia uh, starts to get. Oh, okay, we're playing some kind of game here, and she's into it because she is. Uh, he says, you know, she takes her clothes back off. She gets in the bed. You don't move till I get back. She's like, okay, okay, fine. Um, and it's a little weird. And, uh, and he, uh, he leaves. Um, he gets back to the office where the team is still discussing the martyrine. Um, Don sits down and Shaw promptly ends the meeting. Uh, they say they'll talk more later. Everybody go, go off and do some research and the whatnot and the hey, hey. Uh, Don, uh, Don gets back, uh, or, or Chaw gets up and, uh, and runs after Don and says, Hey man, that's not cool. The meeting starts at one. You're there at one. I got other things I got to do, pal. Now I agree with Chaw here. I am someone that is very punctual and I'm on time and don't want my time to be wasted. So really, uh, Chaw's in the right. And, uh, right. Don, uh, does the usual Don move and just turns around and slams the door to his office and... Char goes back to his. But I, and I have to agree with Char in that, you know, I, I have meetings all the time, and myself and my partners are late to them all the time because we're with patients. So mm-hmm. you know where we're at. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, is that if we knew that, you know, Don was with Topaz or, you know, he was having lunch with a client, you know, I think there'd be a lot more give than, oh, I'm just showing up. Yeah, Totally. Uh, so to, to, you know, get things back on track, Don goes into his office and gives Sylvia a call and, uh, she says, are you coming back? He says, no. And he says, don't answer the phone again. And again, just more, more of a control thing, more of a power thing, you know, just kind of being the one in charge of the whole situation and, uh, you know, just gets delight out of the fact that she didn't answer. And she gets, she's obviously taking some delight. In, she does uh, seem to be uh, in some way delighted, John. I'm going to have to agree with you there. And I don't know, I, I saw in this uh, scene, did you notice that Chaw has moved into Roger's office? 
Yes, he has. Yes, he has. He's got still got that uh, kind of '60s crapo uh, pattern on the wall. Right. Uh, but as an olive branch that is poison, Don comes into uh, Chaw's office and apparently starts to drink off. <laughs> I know. Didn't this feel like very college to you? Like, if you don't want to drink, you don't have to drink. Like, yeah. Well, no. It, it felt clearly like some kind of trick. But I think what it was, I mean, I think anybody, any, anyone would fall into this because it's like, you already know that now we're in some kind of weird stalemate competition, right? So uh, Don starts drinking and he knows that Cha has no choice but to be like, oh, I'm as tough as you. You know what I mean? You think? I mean, you, you, there was... It's John. I don't want to say this because it's a family show, but at this point, they're just taking him out and measuring them. Am I right? Oh, I guess I guess I hadn't seen it that way. There we go. <laughs> anyway, well, and anyway. they make a, an allusion to the night that they decided to merge. You know, where where you know is this where you lay down and I I pace, uh, yeah. like like they did with Chevy. Um, and so we so but they're they're trying to Don saying let's work on you know let's work on the margarine thing. Mm-hmm. And we, we'll get back to the rest of their meeting in a second. But now we go back to uh, the Pete's. Uh, little room of sadness. Uh, yeah, terrible, dark, uh, uh, gross dungeon. Uh, and his brother Bud. His brother has been there to uh, keep an eye on his mother. But John, I'd like to just take uh, a moment um, to say that it's that very special point in the show, everyone's favorite, where I leave to go make myself another drink. Oh, okay, because we, we've, w- we've gone a good six and a half minutes with no ice. So I think it's time to get that fresh and Was that a shot? No. No, I think that was, uh, yeah. Because that's it what was. it sounded it like, was. John. All right. Okay. That's okay. I got it. <laughs> well, thankfully we get uh, a moment here to ourselves to enjoy this really not great scene. But we see that Bud is, uh, he's, he's just kind of done with it. They've taken care, he and his wife, Judy, is taking care of the the mother for a while. And he even says <laughs> they got in a big fight over Earl Grey versus Major Grey. And Judy t- took a shot in the face uh, by mom and, um, and and a towel. And they're not doing it anymore. That's, uh, that's it. She's going to stay with Pete. Pete even asks about getting her committed. But then Bud says, well, we could start the paperwork. But that's just kind of how it is. Pete's almost pleading with him, talking about the merger. Bud has no sympathy, getting kind of ticked off that Pete didn't use his, Bud's company, for the underwriting instead of going with a competitor. And uh, he heads out. Uh, Mom comes out of the ladies' room, uh, having gotten a chance to freshen up, and, you know, asks Pete if he wants to go, go out, go get some food. Uh, he says, look, you're, you're, you're staying here, and, um, and, and that's, that's just kind of how it is. You're just going to spend the night. Uh, she's still talking about, um, she's still talking about the, the father, their father, and, you know, who's obviously been clearly dead for some time. So, uh, that's, that's it for that scene. It looks like Pete is going to be taking care of his mom for at least a little while. And now we head back into the office. And we see Don and Shaw as Paul so eloquently placed in a measuring contest. And it looks like <laughs> Don is 
coming out on top in this case, Shaw clearly being snookered, flat on his back, slurring his speech, not making a lot of sense other than the fact that all the clients resemble characters from Gilligan's Island. I gotta say, that made a lot of good sense, by the way. You, you thought so? You liked... He somehow, somehow, I thought he kind of justified that pretty well. Really? You liked Parquet as Ginger and Imperial as Thurston Howell III? Did that not make sense to you? <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, why not? Well, no, and then, you know, and then, and then Don just does his thing, where he just throws out this beautiful scene. I mean... I gotta say, I'm kind of tired of these Don's, like, idealistic kind of beautiful scenes what i mean it's just like like a painting it is like a painting but it's not it doesn't feel inspiring at all it feels just kind of up its own ass that's true but then it got inspiring when Shaw says that he wants cows and bacon oh was that the inspiring that was the inspiring part okay and he's not taking no but you know but that's it i mean that's the commercial and i i mean i don't know about you but i can see that as a television commercial yeah maybe at that time period now it just seems like well so yeah no now it, it seems so irrelevant yeah i mean you know stuff today is you know it obviously needs to be not all of it i mean some of it can be clever and fun but you know a lot of it's just over the top visually and um and sound wise you know, overstimulation and everything's got a qr code and have you seen the commercials where you actually they encourage you to do shazam to the commercial yeah I mean, but I don't know. I feel Does like. Does anybody do that? Have you ever done that? Shazam to commercial? I can, can you get your phone out and the app open in time to do that? Right. I mean. Like, like am I waiting there for that commercial with my <laughs> finger hovering over the Shazam app? Stupid advertisers. Um, can I move us back to the, uh, to the hotel? Yeah, it's uh, just for a second. Now we get a knock, 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 and a knock, knock on the door, John. And uh, Sylvia gets up, which I was told she was not allowed to do. So I thought this was some kind of trick. Um, but <laughs> what anyway, was gonna be opens, the, what was going to be the end part of the trick? <laughs> well, when you open the box, the snake jumps out. Oh, like that kind of, oh. No, no, no. So my thought was this. Uh, you know, she's supposed to leave it at the door, and then Don would have to bring it in as proof that she obeyed. But apparently, John, rules are made to be broken. No, that, that wasn't a rule. It was a no, rule. No, he said don't answer the phone. I thought he said don't get up. Oh. Like, stay there. Stay there yeah. till I get back. Did he not? He may It doesn't may matter. Have. It doesn't she gets matter now. Who cares? Yeah, there's a Saks Fifth Avenue uh, box at the door. A beautiful red dress, apparently. Um, but we, we, we hop back to the office, John. Uh, Bob, Bobby Benson comes in uh, to uh, Joan's office. Uh, she is apparently yakking all over the place. Yep. And, looking uh, bad, looking rough. And he, uh, he does a very kind deed. He takes, he takes yeah. great care of her. He takes amazing care of her. He helps her out of the office so no one sees her in all this pain. And he takes her to the hospital. Well, and he does it in such a, I mean, just pleasant I mean, really, I, I think uh, to your point of, of genuineness, uh, he goes a long way to uh, seeming less slimy, at least at this point. Thank you. Thank you. But before we get to the hospital, John, we get a drunk Shaw in the, uh, apparently the creative room. Right. There. And he wants to know who you're going to vote for. Who would you vote for, John? Oh, I'd have to see the platforms. 
Sure, sure. I pr- I'm probably going to vote for the one that's alive. Uh, are any of them alive? Well, one, no. of, one of them lasts shorter oh, than the Oh, one of them lasts a shorter <laughs> the time ones. in this time frame. It, it was really right. funny, though, when the one guy goes, I'm going to vote for Nixon. And Jaws' reaction to that was just I knew it. Oh, what's wrong with you? Don't you have any hope? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, Shaw then proceeds to be passed out on the table, meeting adjourned. And Peggy, you know, Peggy knows what happened, and she's she's unhappy with sure. with how that that went. Um, but yeah, Ted's Ted's pretty snookered, um, and he's just gonna he'll sleep it off. He'll sleep. He'll be sure. fine. And, uh, and so now we go to just the most depressing doctor's room. I mean, yeah, I've been to a lot of <laughs> they don't they don't look this bad, do they? Folks, I have been to a couple emergency rooms here in New York City, and they still look exactly <laughs> like this. There's still someone peeing through the ceiling into a bowl. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's really not much better than this now, John. I mean, they got like what uh, two eight by eleven pieces of uh, uh, art on the wall, and then your standard old timey clock, and a junkie in the corner, and the junkie in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's still exactly like this. I was at the emergency room not too long ago, and uh, it is still almost. They they got new chairs uh, that are less comfortable. Uh, <laughs> it's no different. And th- well, they do a great job of making her looks. I mean, she looks pale. Uh, here she she looks oh really because she doesn't usually look pale john no she looks really pale um she's not doing so but any you know and and bob uh bob reaches into his uh back pocket and finds a great big fistful of charm and is able to to really (laughs) just just throw that out to the uh the nurse um really i mean this is this is impressive i mean i i guess i'm surprised the nurse bought it especially one that looks like she's been around but um but, it but works. you know, you got a you got a nice looking fellow like Bob Benson coming up to you, just being just as sweet as can be, and and telling you, and she looks sick. I mean, Joe jo yeah. looks sick, so mm-hmm. uh, so he he gets her to a bed, and she gets seen by one of New York City's finest, I'm sure. Now, John, if I need to get to the emergency room, what if I have a lady like uh, like Joan with me, and and I tell a similar story to the uh, the lady at the desk, yeah, as it were, right. Um, that the person with me drank, uh, uh, what was it, shoe polish? Or No, I think it was a t- like a table cleaner. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking um, on exactly what. Oh, furniture uh, polish. Wh- furniture polish. Furniture polish. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, would you let me in? Well, that, I mean, you know, nowadays with all of the rigmarole for getting brought into the hospital, you'd have to have given yeah. your story initially. So if you changed it all of a sudden, they, they wouldn't believe you. Fair enough. Fair enough. John, we then get uh, back to the hotel suite, and uh, we find um, that uh, Sylvia's been reading, uh, but she has put the red dress on, which, again, was against the rules, because now was she not supposed to be naked? Either way, let's not nitpick. Uh, when she hears the keys a jingle jangle in the, uh, in the lock, she gets up and does her best pose as Don walks in the door. Um, she says, thanks. I hope the shoes go. Don says they certainly do. And she starts to collect her things. Because she thinks that they're going after dinner. Well, it's got to be, it has got to have been, you know, close to like six hours, seven hours. Oh, right? at least. This has been because it's dark outside in June, so it's got to be later. And, you know, even if they were together for, you know, till one thirty, 
Um, you know, it's, it's been that, that long, so she's got to be hungry. I would think so, John, but it turns out that no, they will not be going anywhere. They will be staying in for the night. Because apparently she and exists for Don's pleasure. And, uh, and I think this is uh, th when she just gives a little bit of a turn. This is uh, side boob 14 on the season. I don't know if we can count this as side boob. I'm not, I'm not all together. Oh, yeah, we can. There's a little peak. Man, this is the season of side boob, John. I don't know what's going on here. Um, but yes, we do. We do get yet another episode. Um, side boobing, as it were. Uh, we see. Um, we are to believe then that after the side boob, things get pretty randy there in the hotel room, and maybe Don does not make it home that night until the wee hours. Megan is already asleep now. And we learned in the last episode, I believe, that Megan is already having some fears that maybe Don is getting a little distant. I would think uh, evenings like this must uh, only make that worse. Yeah, she's, um, you know, well, I mean, clearly she's asleep, but we, yeah, this, this has got to be going poorly. And, and her, her little bit of a, a part at the end looks, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we don't really get much from her, obviously, in this episode. So I'm sure we'll, yeah. we'll see a lot more uh, next week or in the weeks to come. But we do, uh, we, we do kind of move quickly from uh, their bedroom scene to a hospital room scene. And our, uh, our pal Gleason, part of Cutler Gleason and Jaw, mm -hmm. he's in bad shape. As we learned earlier, he has the pancreatic cancer, which is a bad one. Most, a lot of them are better ones, but this is a bad one. Yeah. And talk about uh, looking as sick as Joan looked. This guy looks, this guy looks rough. Not not good. He's not doing good. I don't think he's going to make it. Chaw uh, looks as if he just woke up from that uh, writer's room table and uh, decided to go see his friend here. Uh, they're talking about Don. Yeah. And that he's a, he's a tricky dude. And uh, how, uh, how Chaw can try to stay ahead of him. I thought this was great dialogue, though. I mean, I thought Gleason's words were spectacular. You know, as, as far as just advice, trying to help a friend... You know, we just had a rough afternoon, you know, between, um, you know, between, you know, get cleaned up, get a good night's sleep, walk in like you own the place. And, uh, you know, his his advice from um, uh, Sun Tzu, if uh, if I wait patiently by the river, the body of my enemy will float by. You know, it's uh, you just you wait him out, give him the early rounds, as he says. Let um, him hang himself. Yeah, let, let him hang himself. Let, let him tire himself out. I just, yeah, yeah it, was, it was just a great, like. One friend helping, you know, another friend feel better. It's really nice. That's cool. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he's, he's not long for this world. I'd, I'd be surprised if we even see him again. Um, I got to say, you know, it's funny. I feel like they've really introduced some, like, genuinely good characters. Where, uh, you know, in our earlier season, we were always just kind of uh, surrounded by terrible people. Mm -hmm. I mean, fun, terrible people. And if you're going to be surrounded by terrible people, the least they can do is be fun. Am I right, John? <laughs> right, right. But uh, like Chaw and Bob Benson, uh, really, really great folks. Yeah. Or at least so far. So far. Um, we get Pete coming back home uh, and again fighting with his mom. Well, I guess he was heading out for the, for the day. Right. Am I right? Yeah. Getting ready, heading what out. What do they do? What are they doing? Nothing. I mean, she she tries to call him on it. 
says, you know, you got uh, you got a hamper full. You live here. Is you know, is is Trudy gotten rid of you? And um, yeah. he's like, look, you're just gonna stay here. And uh, then then just starts kind of preying on her dementia, saying that it's you know it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh and, right, right. And she says it's May, and he says no, it's not. And that part is true because it's June. Um, but uh, you know he he goes to to leave, saying just don't go out. You don't know what's out there. Are you sure it's June? I'm sure it's June. Because everyone's dressed a little warm for it to be June. Well, I mean, unless I did my, uh, unless I, I looked up things the wrong way, I could have swore that, um, you know, we we, we lose uh, Mr. Kennedy in June. Okay, I believe you, man. I believe you. But uh, continuing on. Yep, yep. So we we get out of there. Well, she does kind of end that on a, on a bit of a heartbreaking note, you know, saying I'll have the chef make your favorite, you know, trying to. Um, you're trying to do something nice, but still, just she's just not there. She's gone. That's too bad. That's too bad. Uh, Bobby Kennedy was shot in early June, June sixth, right, nineteen sixty-eight. So I guess it could still be a little brisk, right? Because well, I, I mean, clearly, this is all before global warming. Oh yeah, I mean, everything was a lot cooler back right. then, right? Now, listen, I wasn't alive, but I heard that it was stayed at least it stayed in the low fifties well into July. There you go. And then it didn't start getting cold again until, what, November? <laughs> oh, well. Anyways, Dad's walking in with his overcoat because it is so cold outside. And, um, and Peggy just has let herself in because, again, Dawn is nowhere to be seen. What the what? Yeah. And, uh, and she, she kind of gives him the old one, too. You know? Thank God. And uh, I, think, I think if we were to be watching this episode with a group of people, there would be a little, little a polite applause. After so. this scene, she kind of lets him uh, look. You know, come on, grow up, move forward. Um, but by the way, what do you think of the um, kind of the belts on her jacket? Yeah, I don't know. It seems a little awkward, and that was one of the reasons I said it doesn't seem like June because I don't know why she would be wearing that in June. Like it seems like she would be wearing something a bit, uh, a bit uh, more summery. And this feels like very kind of, uh, you know, like maybe April kind of, kind of garb. Now, listen, folks, I'm not a women's fashion uh, expert, okay? But come on, right? Am I right? Well, and let's be fair, you know one. <laughs> I do know, I do know a fashion expert, uh, uh, one that refuses to be on the show. <laughs> and we get our, uh, we get our little token nod to Mr. Harry Crane. So we know he's actually still working here. Oh, doesn't he burp? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that was the funniest part of the episode. It wasn't so at the beginning of last season he was real thin, or he lost a bunch of weight. Yeah, he right? looked he looked really good. Yeah. And now he's getting fat again. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. This poor actor has to like completely just fluctuate all the time. Uh, but anyways, Pete was complaining about no seat for him and no business, and Crane's trying to be a little bit. Uh, reassuring and, and and burps. Pete gets called away because there's a fire you know, with his mom. And we get back what to uh, and we get back to the hotel, our little room 503. Uh, so this is the next day and I guess she's she never left, but where is she going to go if you know why does she care if Arnie's up in Minnesota? So here's my thing, John. Apparently things got a little wild because it looks like they've been doing it on the floor. Oh, that's true. 
That's true. They are down on the carpet. And folks, if I can just give everybody just a little hint on life here. Um, if you're in a hotel, don't ever... Sorry, I'm going to take that back. Everybody rewind. <coughs> if you're in a hotel in New York, don't ever lay down on the floor. <laughs> I don't care what hotel you're at. If you're in the most expensive place in the city, do not lay down on the floor. You will catch any number of diseases. Well, not only that, but isn't New York pretty much 98% filled with bed bugs? 99% bed bugs. And this math isn't going to work. 88% scabies, <laughs> uh, 110% vomit, 130% spooge. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, and 10% love. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's that's uh, that's what they're doing. And Don says he's look, I'm flying out, um, and for some reason says I'm going to take your book. Um, it's all about control, pal. Yeah. Just to, you gotta leave her some to do, right? I mean, you, clearly you're not gonna fly somewhere and be back in three hours. I mean, what, what? So, uh, she, and she actually is quite disappointed by this. Uh, and uh, I gotta and say, this whole time, even when they start, to, even when he started with that crawl around on the floor, crawl garbage, she just doesn't seem like a kind of lady that would put up with this crap. You know, like, oh, okay, this is all right for an evening, right? But for more than that. Come on, man. This is stupid. I got places to go. Well, and I think that's that, that goes to your point of you know being in this position, this unfamiliar, vulnerable post-fight, you know, Arnie in Minnesota mm-hmm. type of thing, and that's that's why I think we see her pull out of it, you know, right now or, or here in just a, a little bit, uh, as opposed to say six months from now. But um, but anyways, we find out that uh, because Pete had to run and take care of the issue with his mom he said look Small you know fire. let's let's take care let's just uh, delay our meeting uh, with mohawk airlines and so secretary clara goes to tell chaw he, he he doesn't really like that idea don doesn't either no, it's stupid yeah you can't you're not gonna like you said you're not gonna delay a meeting to tell the client how important they are um and so they just decide to head to the head of the airport it is raining heavy and chaw says i got it we see them in the airport, in this, in the airplane, in this uh, horrible rainstorm. It's a shaking. It is a tiny plane. I have been in some small planes. I've never been in anything yeah. like this. No, I've never been in a plane this small either. Thank God. Thank you, God. <laughs> uh, I think what's funny about this is clearly they ran out of budget. Like, this is the most low-budget scene I think has ever been in Mad Men. Really? It almost looked hilarious. John, did this not look like some kind of SNL skit where they're driving a car? <laughs> you know what I mean? In did. front of a green it did. screen? Yeah, that is true. I don't know, guys. This was, a t- this was a tough... Matt, this was a tough one to swallow. Listen, <clears throat> I know you've got to pay all these actors now that think they're big shots, but good God damn it. There, there had to be a better way to film this. Well, I could do... Maybe All not. I could do is think about that scene with uh, Don and Megan in the car where you could actually see the green on their faces oh um, oh wait oh last year when they went to the the hojo yeah. man yeah. oh man so maybe they stepped it up a bit from there not much not no i don't think so but uh but we, so. we see don come out truly with his insecurity in this one where you know he says you know aren't you going to talk to uh to lamont and he goes what does it matter you know how how, how much does it matter what i say when you're the guy that 
took his own plane and flew us up here. And um, this is true. Uh, Chaw has a smile and a smirk on his face the whole time. I think just purely knowing that he's kind of he's got the kind of bested Don after Don uh, made him look like an, a drunk ass. Right. And you know, and this is uh, so. This round goes to him. We then find ourselves at uh, Joan's apartment. John, uh, Joan's mom comes to the door, and who's following her? But uh, Bob, uh, Bobby Benson. Uh, he's got a football for the boy. Uh, uh, probably a, a bit, a bit too large for for a boy uh, his age. Although last time we saw Joan's baby, uh, he did look like he was sixteen. <laughs> Good God, wow. that was a large child. Was that a large it child? Was a, he's two years old. It was a two-year-old. Oh, it was a large two-year-old, John. I don't know. I think whatever. From all your two-year-old time, John. Listen, I spend a lot of time away from children. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Bob comes in. He says, oh, "You know, I just wanted to. I just, you know, I didn't know how things. I didn't know how things worked out. Uh, I wanted to make sure you're okay. Just thinking about you, and I brought something for the boy." She's like, "He's two. He'll play with the, the ribbon, not with the ball." But thank you very much. And uh, Joan's mom is like, "Oh my, yeah, isn't he? Isn't he a catch?" Uh, and, and indeed, he is. Um, Joan's like, listen, he's just covering his ass. And her mom says, listen, sometimes you can just, sometimes people can be nice, it turns out. And just be nice. Yeah, just for being nice sake. And I, I think Bob, that's what Bob was doing. He's just a nice guy who's going to fire Pete someday. Well, no, he's not going to be uh, around to. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Yes. Bob's gone. He, no, he's not. She saved him. Wait, what? No, sh- did you not watch the whole episode? Yes, I watched the whole episode. Oh my God, John, you have just embarrassed yourself beyond belief. So the whole thing about her mom telling telling Joan that like, no, you know, maybe he's just being nice. Yeah. Is that then at the end of the episode when they're talking about who they're going to cut, Joan steps in and saves Bob Benson. Oh, I see. I just assumed that both... The guys got fired. That that uh, Cutler. No. That Cutler was just dropping the axe, and everybody was gone. No. Oh. That's fine. All right. Oh my God, John. Yeah. Oh man, I I feel for you now. Thank you. I hope the listeners don't revolt. Revolt. But if you do, folks, remember, Paul. <laughs> what is this? A campaign? Vote for Paul. Twenty thirteen. Vote for Paul. Team Paul. Still Team Paul. Yeah, we'll get right on those t-shirts. <laughs> oh, we're back in Pete's office, and he is a withering dick. I hate this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so terrible. He hates his mom. She can go to hell, uh, apparently, uh, which is just terrible because, you know, obviously she's having a time. Ted can fly her there. You know, he, uh, he, exactly. he blows up at his secretary, making sure she understands that her employee is tied to him. Ugh. And uh, yeah, I can barely even talk about these scenes. They're so ter- like he's just so off-putting. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody likes him. I can't even. Uh, speaking of not liking him, uh, we go back to the the, the hotel. Uh, Don's coming in, ready to uh, perform more weirdness. And uh, Sylvia's like, "Listen, I had a dream, and my dream told me this has got to stop. Yeah, we're done. I gotta go. I gotta go back to my husband." This is stupid. I think it was more like, listen, this is stupid. 
I'm going home. And Don is, uh, Don is kind of visibly distraught. I don't know why. What do you think this is going to go on forever, you idiot? Yeah, he hasn't thought it through at all. He. I gotta say, folks, you know that I, I tend to, you know, kind of stick up for Don because I think he's awesome even though he's terrible. But in this case, I will not. Yeah, he hasn't thought it through at all. He, um, he's looking to really have this this mini world with her in it and her completely subservient to him. And she's she's done. This is this is stupid. Let's go. And and he has to. He almost begs because, you know, he's got he's got nothing. He's got Ted on you know over him at work now. He's you know he's had people. Really, he he's not important anymore. When they when they opened the office as Sterling Cooper Draper Price, you know, he was the guy given the interview to the newspaper. You know, everybody looked to him uh, for the business and for the ideas and. You know, he was the guy that threw out the swimsuit people because they weren't open-minded enough. And now, you know, you have the whole Jaguar thing where the Jones stuff happened completely behind his back. You know, and you have the uh, the merger thing now with uh, Chaw looking to be a lot more just impressive all the way around than he is. And taking charge and running meetings. And he's he's really kind of uh, losing his grip on everything. You know, his, his uh, relationship with his wife, Megan, is clearly not there so you know this is this was his like lone silo of control that he had really latched onto and now this is leaving and he feels stranded and he's hard to be sympathetic for is there a significance with the room 503 i feel like they showed it in several shots like very clearly they did and i'm not sure what that's about Nothing that I could come up with, but you're right. I mean, right. it was it was very clear. All right. Anyway, so now we get to the scene where uh, Bob Benson gets saved. Uh, Pete kind of tried to save him, um, but then it turns out that uh, that Joan does it. And that's and that was great. And I I apologize for being embarrassed and missing that. Apparently, uh, Bob has been very involved in uh, Ken's accounts. And that's how she saved him. And the, to be honest, like, it, the guy didn't care. He was just crossing people off the list. Right. So, you know, he's like, okay, let's just fire somebody else who cares. Anyway. Uh, the uh, next scene is uh, Don and Sylvia in the elevator. Um, she gets off at her floor, walks away without turning around. And I think we get a real sense that this... This is over, and I think from what we learn in uh, in the first scene was that um, the good doctor was moving him. He was moving, or he wanted them to move, because he had said uh, last episode that he w- he was like letting New York uh, take his best years and <coughs> sucking his soul. You know what I right. mean? So I think not only is their relationship over, but uh, the doctor uh, and Sylvia will will move. Okay, that's fine. To put to put a hard end to this, though, right? You know what I mean, right? But either way, it's over. Don loses his convenience. That's for sure. Right, right. I mean, this was just a couple floors down. And then he, uh, you know, we, we see him head in with uh, Megan, and yeah, really, just kind of, she's talking away. And can I just make a point yeah. though? So, <laughs> sorry. I feel like when when she walks out of the elevator, he watches her walk away. 
and he has this look on his per face on his face of like profound sadness. Mm-hmm. Which I would think that if you're just being a weirdo, you wouldn't have. Well, that, but I think that puts it into a sharp relief just how weird he is. I guess. And it just seems odd. It seems like, okay, I was just doing this sex dungeon. She finally came to her senses. Eh, makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Meh. but again, you know, he's, when, when we get to this conversation with Megan... He completely tune, tunes her out. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, one of one of the the twitters um, asked the to the effect: Did did he just turn uh, turn Megan into one of the uh, Charlie Brown teachers? Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's he's just not he's not there with her. He's not you know there for her. There's there's nothing there. Um, mm. And then we kind of get then. to the um, get back to the uh, Pete Campbell. Uh, sad room, and and mom says they just shot the Kennedy boy, and you know, it, understandably, he thinks that this is more of that dementia that you know it's the uh, the president, and she says you're gonna be late for school, and so you know, so we just kind of get this bizarre. It, it was kind of an odd way to handle this, but when you watch the behind the scenes, the um, uh, the whiner says that he he really wanted this scene to further show Don's loss of control. Because we see Megan watching it, crying. Don sees what's going on and just kind of does the uh, the 300-yard stare on the side of the bed without engaging her, without consoling her, without, yeah. you know, anything. And, and, you know, I thought it was more, you know, him being completely distant from everything. And, and Weiner wanted, uh, was saying that he felt it was more, you know, Don uh, thinking... You know when do, when does this when does this uh, just severe sense of loss of control when does it stop? You know because it, it's the office and then it's Sylvia and now it's you know uh, you know the prospective president uh, things that you just can't control. Hmm. I know I didn't quite see that, I, but that that's where well, that no, was I coming kinda, from. Yeah. Well. Okay. I mean, I kind of, I, yeah, I was with the whole, like, he's just so distant from her that he doesn't even care that she's upset, but. That's what I was saying. I guess I see, I guess I see all the out of controls as well. Either way, folks, that's the end of the episode. Oh my God, John, we have gone so long. Have we? We're at an hour or 10. Wow. It, it feels like just an hour five. Thank you. I'm going to attribute that to myself. <laughs> Should we do some? Uh, should we do some emails? Uh, we we should. Should we both bust open the mailbag? Uh, please do. And this is this is a this is the the moment for me that is saddest without the soundboard. Because <laughs> we get that. Um, <laughs> but oh, we 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 have gotten a ton of messages uh, since the last show. It's it's so so fun to uh, to read them and and try and interact with some of the emailers. And we'll, we'll just try and, and get get through some here. We got Patrick from Boston, writes in. Just uh, saw the latest episode. Thought it was great. One random prediction throw out there that Peggy names the agency something, then partners names in a row, something like the Idea Factory or Think. Ugh. And uh, so, oh, sorry, sorry, man. So no, but I agree with you. I think it would be good to do, actually throw a name on it. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? 
Uh, nope. Okay. All right. Keep up the good work. Um, Ashley and Leslie write in from Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. And Ashley and Leslie say, not sure if you guys really read your iTunes account reviews. I don't. We- <laughs> of course we do. We read them. We read them. That, for some reason, we're obsessed with the, with the, uh, the iTunes reviews. But uh, they said that we, we listen to your podcast and love it. We never miss it. Uh, Paul and John are perfect together. We'd also like to add to the conversation because Paul always seems to uh, get the conversion of monies wrong. Uh, oh, do I? Yeah, you see, you seem to, you know, when when somebody says, "Oh, you know, I paid uh, forty five thousand dollars for this in 1968," well, that would be in today's dollars seventy five billion dollars. Right. So that may not be accurate. Uh, there's That's not well, true. there's different calculators depending on which sure. one you use. Anyways, uh, we have yet to make it onto the podcast. Not anymore. Ashley and Leslie, you are on the podcast. Congratulations! And um, we would love for the for the conversation uh, conversion info. In, in, we we tweet or put in iTunes to get used. Again, the uh, the tweets, the iTunes. We try and keep that available for everybody so they can go and read that and and really get to get to the emails. But thanks again for the the note. We appreciate it. Uh, Taylor Taylor writes in. I love the show. Even though I wait, Taylor 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 who? Just Taylor. Was it Taylor Swift? Uh, there, there wasn't a last name. I can't... Because I want to make it clear to her that we are never, ever getting back together. Wow. I think uh, just about everybody clicked stop after that one. Um, Sound funny. I love your okay. show, even though I disagree with both of you sometimes, mostly with Paul, sometimes John. <laughs> this time, I definitely disagree with John. And Yeah! <laughs> and she, uh, so this, this is going back to Joan's kind of uh, blow up at Don. Remember that one from last episode? Mm-hmm. And uh, so kind of pointing out that she's had um, a lot of privileges as an attractive white woman, but is held back by virtue of being a woman. Uh, this is why sleeping with her was the only way she could get partnership, uh, even though she's been there for many years and is very talented. Uh, her male colleagues don't seem uh, to see that because she is a woman. Uh, okay. Wait, so did she agree with me? No, she just disagreed with me. Fair enough. I'll take it. Uh, uh, love your show. Uh, I'm going to get back to listening. Thanks for all your time and effort. Uh, thank you, Taylor. Um, we get uh, Belinda writes, and this is this is this is really like our international show here. Uh, we had we had uh, British Columbia, Canada. We have Belinda mm-hmm. writing in once again from London. Uh, thank you very much. She says um, she she liked the fact that we read her email last time. We really tried to, and uh, this time she would also like to stand up for Joe, Joan. Uh, as some people thought were unsympathetic with uh, her her um, her rant, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of say that um, she was guilt tripped, blackmailed by Rapey Pete, who told her that the Jaguar account wouldn't be wouldn't be acquired unless she whored herself out and offered an eighteen month salary, and it was presented as make or break. Now you know, and that's just a part of the email. And thanks, Belinda. But I've also read a couple of things that say that really she just lost it because. This meant that she lost the money. You know, the public offering, as Pete said, would have yeah. made her a millionaire. And with yeah. this news, the public offering goes away. So the money goes away. I got to say, that had that had to be part uh, of it. You, you'd think that'd be part of it. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, multifactorial. She would still be a partner in this merger, but uh, she's going to be 5% of a company that has lost Jaguar and, and Vic Chemical. Although I don't think we knew that at the time of the blow-up. Um, uh, the, the time that she got mad. So uh, Wait. Not Vic Chemical, Vicks. Vicks, yeah. 
Yeah. But um, I don't want to confuse people. Right. Right. But um, uh, uh, and thought it was uh, you know she probably would have thought it very upsetting to see Don uh, throw it and her efforts away like yesterday's trash. Um, sure. But uh, uh, you know, love you guys. Um, yes, Paul, you especially. All right. All right. That's what I like to uh, hear. We got our friend Bruce from Lima, Peru. Lima, Peru. Peru. Where is that? In 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 South America. South America. And I was just having a I was just having a conversation with a a, a buddy of mine at work today, who's from South America. And apparently, in South America, they do not believe they are a they are a separate continent from North America. They do not. They do not believe that. They think we're all one continent. Well, it's not unity and all. I I thought it was a great idea. Great. Okay. All right. Uh, this is Juan and Pablo. I've been a fan of the recap since the beginning. Almost look forward to it as much as the show itself. Glad to see Pablo has been picking up his game of late. I thought on the merger public offering, could they do both? If they go public, would Don come under some kind of investigative scrutiny that could reveal the Dick Whitman background? That's a good idea. Uh, I doubt that, though. I do have a, a feeling that the double identity will come up this season. Keep up the good work, kids. I have to agree. I mean, that's got to be in there somewhere, right? Especially with the new cast, uh, Cutler and Shaw. I mean, this is a whole another layer to this. I don't even know if Roger ever found out. So uh, that that could is uh, that's always lurking back there. Uh, sure. But uh, thank you, Bruce. Um, James writes in. Hi there, guys. I was listening to the latest episode of your podcast. Another sterling effort. And one thing I learned from the episode six that you guys might have missed is that every time. Uh, Marie shows up. Somebody is gonna get some. Um, surprise! I think. Yep. Can you can you not say that every episode somebody's gonna get some? I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that she's not more popular. Uh, actually, James said. Right. Well, James makes it more specific. Somebody's gonna get some oral sex. Mm. Hey. Um, but as okay. as far as the soundboard's concerned, once repaired. Uh, perhaps yeah. Paul can go with specific sounds for specific characters. The uh, the Pete Campbell could get the boo, Harry Crane, the yeah. chimp noise, yeah. uh, Don, the chicka wah wah. Uh, you get the okay. idea. I'm going to say I'm annoying enough already. <laughs> uh, but you guys are doing great. Uh, thank uh, you yep. very much, James. Uh, Christina writes in, great podcast, highly entertaining. Just had a thought as I'm listening uh, to your for immediate release. Pete and Trudy's dad, non-high five, and ensuing hypocrisy by Trudy's dad. First of all, the hypocrisy doesn't bother me too much, really, because Pete, uh, does Pete deserve any kind of virtue from anyone? But uh, now this, here's the thing, before we get all the way into this, did you see The Sopranos? No, I didn't watch that show. Okay, so I'm missing this as well, but I showed it to a couple people, thought it was, uh, thought it it rang pretty true, but uh, said that the situation... Uh, Pete and the dad reminded her of uh, Tony Soprano beating up uh, Jackie uh, Jr., uh, his daughter Meadow's boyfriend, upon finding him at a strip club where Tony also was. So, same type of thing. You know, okay for me, but not okay for you. Yep. Uh, we got we got one from our uh, friend, uh, Dr. Phil in Florida. Oh, hey, man. Uh, love the last show. Haven't favored this season until now. Tired of the... Uh, Don sleeping with everyone's storyline. Yeah. Love the look on Tom's face when he saw Pete in the house of ill repute. And love seeing Roger and Don uh, make the moves like old times again. 
thinks uh, thinks Pete tor torpedoes his marriage to Trudy because he loves work and that's it. He only loves Trudy for the possible business relationship to her father. And after that was gone, she can go out. What do you think about that? I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. I don't know if that's completely All true. Right. Because did he didn't he not want to do that at first, or was that all Ken? No, that was Ken. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Pete was all over this as as far as uh, as far as some business. Um, he's uh, says uh, I think Peggy's uh, Peggy was worried Don would overshadow her creative process and throw money at her uh, <laughs> again, and she may have to leave before it's too late. I don't know if she's going anywhere. Peggy, Peggy might stay with us for a while. And uh, oh, says yeah. the the soundboard was genius, and the cat is suspended without pay until further notice. That's yeah, this cat is the that's worst. from the management. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Dr. John, you are great at insight into the show and love the segues with Paul. Redirections, perfect mix of class and cool. Well done. You guys underestimate your ability to deliver good laughs. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we got uh, one from our friend Craig in Tokyo, Japan. Hey, Craig, I remember yeah. you. <laughs> uh, been a while. Just wanted to drop you guys a line. Uh, I know that you're still coming in loud and clear in Tokyo. It's good to see you and Paul coming into mid-season form. The last recap was great, maybe because the last episode really brought it. Pardon for uh, the, the longish email. But he's talking about uh, mutually assured destruction. How Ken was explaining that, you know, if, if you catch somebody, you catch each other, then you're not going to say anything because it's, that's, uh, you're both going get, to get blown up. Uh, well, you know, of course, that doesn't, that's not how it worked because her dad says something. Uh, and, and that blows things up. Also says, you know, Don is unable to handle having Jaguar the Hut constantly remind him of who the client is and disgusted about how the firm landed the account. It's not worth the humiliation. I think he also has true sympathy for Joan and what she went through. Uh, it is in the long look he gives her when she downs the vodka after Herb comes in the first place. And Pete, on the other hand, is raw emotion. A child and acts impulsively on whatever emotion that is closest to the surface. You know, as opposed to Roger, who's who's got the charm, who's got his uh, his different skill set, and probably would have been able to better diffuse the Jaguar dinner uh, than than how Don did, uh, probably. <laughs> the way that that worked, uh, and and says that uh, he thinks Joan. This is where that came from. Joan's only worried about the financial security. Um, mm. You know, that it was the finances that Lane and Pete gave her that you know got her to take the the deal with Herb. Um, because you know, honestly, she wouldn't. She wasn't going to do that for just a you know take one for the team, type yeah. of thing. Um, and I, I think I'm uh, unfortunately I might be missing a couple, but that might be it for the mailbag. I think we've uh, hit the two hour mark. Woo! Well done, everybody. No, we're only at uh, an hour twenty three. But John, you know what we do at an hour twenty three, don't you? Uh, some magic. We let people know what's going on, and I'm going to let them know right now, folks. If you want to send an email to us, well, you're certainly welcome. All you got to do is get on your computer machine and get to your email area and send us one at staff at madmenrecap.com. That comes to both John and I, as I always say. John reads and responds, and I might skim it, but I do enjoy it either way. And you're saying, Paul, that sounds all fine and good, but my email machine's broken. That's fine. Get on uh, the other part, get on a different computer machine, and go to uh, the Facebooks. John curates um, our Facebook. Uh, we have a fan page. Uh, 
Mad Men Recap, where you can find not only us, but uh, many other fans, uh, listeners, uh, that enjoy the show, and you can join in a social media conversation. You're saying, Paul, I don't want to expose myself like that. I understand (laughs) it. I do. I don't want to expose myself either. So you know what I do? I get myself on the Twitters. That's right, folks. We live tweet every single show. And let me tell you, a lot of our tweeters, a lot of our friends' tweeters, a lot of our listeners' tweeters are really effing good and really funny. So what you should do is go to the tweeter, type in Mad Men Recap, uh, follow us, and then next time you watch the show, keep an eye on your smartphone and follow along because it's great and it's really funny. Uh, other than that, you can always visit our website to listen to any of the shows. That's madmenrecap.com. You can also leave a comment there. Now, I curate those, and John, I've got to say, it's pretty funny. We get very few comments on the website. <laughs> but we <laughs> Folks, get a few. I, th- I think you know why. Uh, lastly, and this is our very special favorite, could you please do us a solid and go to the iTunes page, right, where you subscribe, you remember, and leave a review. Your review should say, <laughs> Paul and John are the effing best. I often think without them, life would not be worth living, and I would just end it all. Five stars every time. Love, listener. <laughs> go, ahead and ty- go ahead and type that in. And go ahead and, and, and hit submit. Those are all the ways you can reach us, and we absolutely love them all. John, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to end the show, and I'm going to see you next time. Great show. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye.